Ah, uh, good afternoon and welcome to a Sunday afternoon, October the 2nd edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with uh, our special guest, uh, Lucas Doremus. And uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, Lucas' study on uh, First Thessalonians last month. We wrapped that up, if you'll recall, and we are back. And he is ready to begin a study on the book of 2 Thessalonians, the second epistle of Paul the Apostle to the church at Thessalonica. Um, I'm sure that um, you're going to get some great information here. And uh, I'll bet you dollars to donuts that Lucas is going to start off with a little history on on this particular epistle. Uh, So without further ado, Mr. Lucas Doremus on the book of Second Thessalonians. Hit it, brother. Yes, you are prophetic. There will be a little bit of a historical background given. Uh, Although, how, how well do I know thee? <laughs> Although it won't be nearly as long. I think we spent a whole hour on the background of First Thessalonians. Oh, we, we've spent close to a full hour on yeah. the background. Yeah, yeah. The, this will be much shorter. Um, so. The the overall idea and who's writing it, you know, Paul's writing it to the believers in Thessalonia uh, or Thessalonica, which is actually pronounced Thessaloniki, you know, but us Americans, well, we don't seem to care. That's the Greek, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thessaloniki. But, uh, mm-hmm, Thessaloniki, yep. Yeah. Kind of like Nike. It's actually Nike, but, you know, Just whatever. It. Yeah. So uh, this was actually first Thessalonians was Paul's second letter that he ever wrote. Uh, The first one was Galatians. So this was wrote early uh, AD in the the 50s, AD 50s, probably Mm -hmm. 51, maybe 52, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but very early on. And so most people believe that uh, this second Thessalonians letter was written very shortly possibly within six months, a year, or something like that, of the first letter. Right. And so uh, the reason why this background isn't going to take as long is because Paul seems to be directly addressing something that he heard about. Yeah. Um, We know that Timothy went to Thessalonia and reported back to Paul, which probably had a lot to do with why Paul chose the subjects he did to write about because of what Timothy reported. And so... Paul apparently got some other report uh, about the Thessalonians and how they were doing. Now, if you go down to chapter 2, verse 2, he tells him, he says, not to be soon, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us. Mm-hmm. So generally, we think that somebody came in, maybe a letter, um, or maybe they said, well, Paul told me such and such and then started teaching uh, that they were speaking as Paul. Or yeah. Maybe this the letter was a forgery um, as Paul and trying to tell them, you know, hey, you guys really are in the tribulation right now. You are in that seven day period, the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's going to be correcting that. And so uh, and then he's also going to. on So. That's the background of the letter. Uh, again, just very shortly written out. More in the history of Thessalonians. Go back and listen to the podcast we did on the history of First Thessalonians. Right. 
So the uh, first verse here, chapter one, verse one, starts off, I think, almost exactly. Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you. Just what a beautiful opening. All right, uh, verse three. We are bound to thank God always. Oh, wait, I, I forgot to, okay. <laughs> verse three. This starts one of the uh, famous run-on sentences that uh, Paul is famous for. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Verse three, verse three through eight is one sentence. Uh, it really is, yeah. And so, you know, sometimes if you really want to dial down, it can take. It, sometimes it's a little rough. Yeah, every what he's referring every to. Every word ends with a semicolon, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And semicolons and commas, and yeah. So, so we're going to do our best to break down this one sentence that spans eight verses uh, here. Uh, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting. Because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you abounds toward each other. Now, if you remember from the letter of 1 Thessalonians, um, Paul was very positive on this church. And he really uh, complimented their, their brotherly love towards one another and how they treated you. And so a lot of this first chapter is almost a summary of the first letter that yeah. we're going to see. So anyway, he's complimenting here then again. Uh, verse 4, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith and all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. So they were still going through these persecutions. Uh, we know, at least in part, they were done by the Jews who got jealous. Um, right. So it could be largely the Jews. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the, uh, you know, months ago about Thessalonica and the city and what they could have been going through there. But they're still enduring these persecutions, their patience and faith. They're still waiting for Jesus to come back and their faith is still strong. Right. Uh, what a good thing to be encouraged with. Uh, verse five, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Now, I did a word search on the word evidence there. Mm -hmm. That is the only time this word comes up in the entire New Testament. Really? Uh, really, yeah. Which is interesting to me because sometimes uh, you come into contact with people in the church and they kind of make this big deal about having evidence for your faith. Uh, they look at your works and expect to see you doing good works. And if you don't do good works, you're not really a Christian uh, or not really a believer. And they look for this evidence thing. Interestingly, I just thought this is the only time that this evidence is mentioned in the whole New Testament. Huh. Now, I, I did not know that. Beyond that, not only is this the only time this evidence is mentioned, but what is the evidence? They're being persecuted, <laughs> and they're faithful through it. Okay. So what's interesting to me is we in the modern, so 2,000 years later, we're looking for these works. Maybe we're looking to be involved in church. Maybe we're looking to give more money to the poor or volunteer and things like that. Yeah. The yeah. only the only time the New Testament really talks about evidence is when you're being persecuted and you're right. going through tribulations. 
Right. So I think it's interesting if we really want to look for evidence in other people's lives, which that's between them and God largely. That's not really our business. But if we really want to look for evidence, go look who's it being persecuted. Yeah. That's That's right. The evidence of faith right there. I, I would I would agree wholeheartedly with that. Mm-hmm. So it just, you know, as I read this, it just kind of, it was interesting that that's the evidence that Paul points out is going, uh, getting through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, and he says exactly what I just said, verse five, about halfway through, he says, that you may be counted worthy of the uh, kingdom uh, of God for which you also suffer. What yeah. is the evidence? Suffering. <laughs> yeah. That's I just think it. I just think it's interesting. Now, what I said about helping the poor or volunteering, of course we should be doing those things. Oh, yeah. I mean, of, of course. There's, there's nothing wrong with those things. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God tells us we need to do those things. Uh, Paul even points out, I forget where, he says something about how he cares especially for the poor. Yes. Um, you know, so Paul clearly did those things. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not downing any of that. All I'm saying is the only mention of evidence of faith is for suffering and tribulations and faithfully going through it. That's, that's pretty good observation. I, and I would agree with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very interesting. Okay, let's keep going on. This one sentence, verse 6. Since, so this suffering that he just mentioned, the persecutions, uh-huh. since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, you and, to give, and to give you who are troubled rest. And I'm going to stop there. Yeah. So again, th- this evidence of suffering, what's righteous about it? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> the, the there there's the two sides to it there's righteousness on the believer's part because god god told us in this world you will have trouble but what paul is saying here is that it's 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 god's righteousness and his right to mm-hmm. to send retribution upon those that persecute and his, that's his children and that's the other side of it He's using it both ways. He's saying, you're going to have trouble, and you're going to be faithful, and that's righteous of you to do. That's right. But but those unbelievers out there, it's a righteous thing for God to use them (laughs) to make us righteous and then to punish them for it. That's right. That's right. Um, Was it uh, Nebuchadnezzar he called my servant? Yes, he did. God used Nebuchadnezzar, an unbeliever, a pagan man, yeah, to go in and go go in against Israel mm-hmm. and judge them. Mm-hmm. Then what did he do? Turned around and judged Nebuchadnezzar for basically persecuting Israel. That's right. <laughs> you know, God has this this the beautiful web of God's will. You know, if you want to <laughs> say it that way, of how just everything works toward His glory. Yes, Amen. You know, you know, another way to think of that, when everybody, when we all get to the judgment seat, you know, one way or another, and we know our destination, God's righteous either way. Because yes. if we go, if we go to heaven, well, we did it all by grace. And so that's all his glory. That's right. And, and if a person goes to hell because they didn't believe, well, that's God's glory because he's judging their lack of righteousness, which is their lack of faith. Yeah. 
just amazing how it works. Okay, verse 7. And to give you who are troubled rest with us immediately because God only wants you to have, you know, he wants you to be rich here on earth and he wants to, oh, no, it doesn't say that. It no, says to, to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels mm -hmm. in flaming fire taking vengeance. Well, that doesn't sound like the rapture, does it? No, that sounds like the second coming. That is the second coming. So when does the rest ultimately happen? <laughs> when the prophecies are finally fulfilled and Jesus comes and reigns on the earth? Now, obviously, the people that are in heaven right now, they are obviously in a state of rest. Oh, yeah. But there's a sense in which, and this is what Paul's talking about, there's a sense in which because the prophecies of Jesus' reign on earth and everything connected to that, yeah. Because that's not here yet, there's a sense where we're not complete. Right. Even though people in heaven right now are in a restful state. Sure. And that's just, boy, that's really interesting to see how God thinks about it. Like, yeah, you die with me, it's going to be paradise, it's better to be with me, all those things, but I'm not yeah. done yet. Yeah, they're, they're at seen, Yeah. They're at rest. They're just on alert status. Yep. And no, I no I have seen or ears heard what I have in store for you when I have gonna fulfill. Right. Right. And and that and, and that is pretty neat. Okay, verse eight, let's continue. It's on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, how do they obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? They believe it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Take a deep breath. Okay, that was one sentence. All right, the next sentence, verse 9. Yeah. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. Mm -hmm. uh, this is one of those verses that if we really think about hell, uh, the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. What what really is the, the torture, the destruction? What really is it? Well, it's being away from the presence of the Lord and the glory of his power. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying there's, you know, there's lots of references to fire and other things. So I'm not saying that one thing is the sum total mm -hmm. of what is the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from this verse, the punishment is being separated. Sure, and there's a great gulf fixed between, as we as we learn in the in the Old Testament with uh, with uh, the rich man and Lazarus, mm -hmm. and uh, that would have to be torture. Being able to look mm -hmm. across the great gulf and see everybody at rest, you, and you're you know, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. In I, th I believe it's Jude, he makes reference to unbelievers being like wandering stars. That's right. Now, um, I'm aware that I may be taking this symbolism too far when I say this, so I understand I'm probably going a little beyond the text. But if you think about our universe and about stars, mm -hmm. star, stars, we can see them, but they're very, very par far apart. Right. So par I wonder if you're not only separated from God, but you can see other people, but you I'm can't. 
get that. Yeah. I think it, I think it's entirely possible. I actually think it's entirely likely, just based upon Old Testament scripture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So again, I, I wouldn't start a you know a church over it. You know, the the third locked up church of the wandering stars or people who you know I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. But I, you know, right. that imagery. I just wonder if that's part of it. Um, and, and, and of course, I, I, I'd be remiss to say I don't want anybody to end in that state. Um, right. You hear it on this podcast all the time. Jesus died for your sins and he rose from the grave, proving that he could take that judgment upon himself. That's right. We want you to believe that and end up in heaven with us. Amen. And all it takes <laughs> is believing it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay. Verse 10. When he comes in that day, well, what day is he talking about? The second coming. Because that's when the flaming fire, the vengeance, all that. Right. To be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if, you know, we're coming when, when Jesus comes back at the second coming, you know, we're going to be with him with the horses and things. Well, let's just hypothetically say we were on earth. We were already saved, you know, on earth where we could watch this kind of from an outside perspective yes i th i think your jaw would just be open the whole time oh i would think so too you know as a physical response of this admiration oh, the glory yeah. you know <laughs> the, the, the unmitigated and unlimited awe uh-huh that you would that you would feel uh just being able to witness it yeah so if if we could hypothetically that that's a great mm -hmm. thought now, what when you consider that possibility, how much greater will it be to be part of the awe-inspiring army that comes back with him? Yeah, maybe it'll be better. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> how could it not? Yeah. Think about it. You know, all the saints that, that have gone home to be with him before the rapture, Right, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them got persecuted mm -hmm. and treated real badly. Okay, some were beheaded, some were crucified, some were—I I mean, think about all the terrible things that have happened to the saints. Uh, how <laughs> they would have to feel good to come back, uh, yeah. standing behind him and saying, uh, "We warned you." Yeah. And, uh -huh. you know, one of the seals in Revelation is the yeah. martyrs crying out, how long, God, look at the things they did. How long? How long do we have to wait yep. to see justice on this? Yep. And, and, and we're going to see it. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons I study prophecy or I look at Revelation. Mm -hmm. It completes the story. It does. If you don't have God's justice at the end, you don't have an end to the story. It closes the loop, doesn't it? You know? So, anyway, just this brilliance of being admired. Verse 11. Therefore. All right. So, because of Jesus coming back in the second coming, mm -hmm. because of this destruction that's going to happen for mm -hmm. the people who don't believe, 
-hmm. because of the admiration, the glory, all this that's going to happen. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. <laughs> what calling? Well, way back, oh, the calling of suffering. That's right. <laughs> and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith and power. Mm -hmm. Notice that Paul is saying, because I know what the end of the book says, I'm going to pray for you. Right. Is one of our motivations to pray because we know our time is short? <laughs> you know, I... That's a great question, and, and I'm, I'm going to answer it. Uh, my personal answer to that would be, yes, I believe so. And I, that's something I think about more and more with each passing day, seeing the condition of our, of our, uh, our temporary home here. Yep. Uh, I think more and more about that every day now. Yeah, Paul and, says... Look forward to it more and more every day. Yeah, Paul says evil men and imposters will go worse and worse. Yeah, well, I'm, Paul was yeah. right about that one, wasn't he? Yep, so it, we know our, yeah, we know our time is short. Yeah. And we know we need God's grace in order to get through it. Absolutely. Um, now, there is a sense in which America is somewhat insulated. From how Christians are in a lot of the world, uh, that is deteriorating. Um, I'm not trying to be a fear monger here. Uh, it's deteriorating at different paces, depending on when you look at it. Sometimes it's very quickly. Sometimes it's a lot slower. Right. Um, but but it is deteriorating. So that's mm -hmm. why we should pray. Uh, agreed. So. Verse 12, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. It isn't, isn't it amazing how the glorification goes both ways for God? Yes. <laughs> our works can be glor or glorify Jesus's name through what we do. But Jesus always goes, he also goes, yeah, look at them. They're showing my glory. Yeah, it, it 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 goes both. You know, we're glorified in you and us in Him. <laughs> he created everything. That was to His glory, because He created everything, and He's He's omniscient and He's omnipotent. Then He's already predetermined that everything is going to work toward His glory. Mm -hmm. All anything, anything you can mention, think about. Uh, hypothesize about it's all meant to be to the glory of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And don't you want to be a part of it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and if we want to be a part of it, we should pray for others to be a part of it too. That's Absolutely. exactly what Paul is saying here. That's right. We We talked about that very thing on podcast yesterday. All right. Yeah. I haven't heard it, but I'll listen to it for sure. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that, that actually completes chapter one. That was quick. And we went through that because, again, a lot of it is sort of review of the entire First Thessalonians. So I'm going to mm -hmm. try to get through a, just a couple more verses here because okay. then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend some time uh, in chapter two. All right. It says, now, now brethren. 
chapter 2, verse 1, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, mm -hmm. what event is he talking about? The rapture. rapture yeah. So what he's, Paul is saying is, right off the bat, first of all, the rapture hasn't happened yet. Right. Now, remember, we, we spent a whole podcast on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 explaining why that was talking about the rapture. Correct. Um, and how we're going to be caught up together in the air to meet the Lord. Uh, we also talked about how because of then it's followed with Paul talking about the day of the Lord in chapter 5, we know the rapture comes first Correct. before the day of the Lord. Correct. Uh, if you want to put that in doctrinal terms, uh, we would call ourselves uh, premillennial, pre-tribulational. Right. Uh, if, if you want to, the, the 25 cent words there. So now he's saying concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him concerning the rapture, we ask Lord. you. Oh, by the way, just, just an extra little point. Uh, you notice how he's bringing up prophecy with other believers? Yes. Don't we generally stay away from talking about prophecy in the modern church? Yeah. You know, <laughs> to our detriment, Yes. And notice how he's also saying, concerning it, we ask you, as in, I'm about to correct something. Right. Boy, when's the last time we had an honest correction about our view of the end times? Oh, well. I know. I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. But but you're right. Uh, we uh, The church, the modern church, the postmodern church uh, seems to go out of its way to avoid the discussion. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know. Prophecy, yeah. Yep. So just just be aware. Paul's not afraid to talk about it. He's not afraid to correct yeah. things about it. So, right. Okay. Verse two. We or we ask you, verse two, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So he's saying the day that I am talking about, which the rapture, mm -hmm. it's not here yet. Right. Now, why I, I he's saying that because apparently there were people who thought it had happened already, or he sure. wouldn't be putting it like this. That's so right. this, you know, we said at the beginning, spirit, word, or letter. Uh, maybe maybe somebody said, "I had a dream that the rapture already happened, and we're in the tribulation." This spirit right. came and talked to me in my dream. Maybe yeah. that happened. Uh, yeah. Maybe there was a letter. Again, we said maybe it was a forgery that said it was Paul, but it wasn't. Or sorry, that was the letter. Or by word, maybe a person came by and said, "Well, Paul told me that." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay, so the rapture's not coming now. Maybe another reason is, you know, since the first letter, some mm -hmm. time has passed. Maybe mm -hmm. the persecution's gotten worse. Oh, maybe it has. Maybe it was bad enough that they're saying things that are similar to what you and I are saying. Yeah. Where they're saying, how could it get worse, or how much worse could it get? It's got to be close. Yeah, it's got to be close. And, and, and Paul is giving here the same ten, the same tension we feel now, mm -hmm. <laughs> that we can look and go, man, it's got to be close. Right. But, but God has his timing, and we'll wait on him. It's that same tension. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Okay, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. 
Okay, now this verse has some uh, uh, disagreement as to what it means. Curtis and I were talking about this before we started. Uh, the, the second half of the verse, let's handle that. That one's actually easy. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, there's only two people in the Bible called the son of perdition. Yeah, that's uh, the Antichrist and Satan. Uh, Judas is the other one that's called. Oh, yeah, Judas. Uh, was yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> now, I think Satan's going to be involved heavily with both, but that's next of podcast. Course. Let's not go there yet. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. that's exactly what he's going to talk about, mostly for the rest of chapter two. So, yeah, let's not go right, there yet. Right. Um, so the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Now, the man of sin, the Antichrist, that's the first seal in Revelation. Right. Now, Satan is heavily involved in that, but the seals are God's judgment. Right. So, and we're going to, next time we'll kind of go in this. God is actually using the Antichrist as a way to judge the earth. Absolutely. And so it's that interaction. The Antichrist doesn't want anything to do with God, and boy, is he right. going to fight against him. But God, God's using him the whole time as his judgment. Uh, absolutely. Okay, so we know we're not in the tribulation because the Antichrist hasn't been revealed yet. Correct. How do, how do we know who the Antichrist is going to be? He's going to sign a treaty with Israel. Mm -hmm. and, the, and that's in Daniel. Now, we're not going to go into it, but that's in Daniel, and that's what the sign of it is. You will know. Why is there a sign of the Antichrist coming? Oh, because it's for the Jews, and the Jews require, require a sign. Yeah. So the Jews will know. If they're paying attention, the Jews will know oh, sure. who it is. The church isn't going to be there. <laughs> so, That's okay. Right. Now let's handle the first part of this. That day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Now, that word translated of falling away, that's the Greek word apostasia. Mm -hmm. In which we, through, you know, a couple Latin and then English and all that, we get our word apostasy. Now, apostasy has come to mean kind of a spiritual uh, decline, uh, departure, um, of it, it, literally a falling away in the spiritual sense. Yeah. And so when I use the word apostasy, I would mean, boy, that church is really, you know, uh, yeah. oh, shoot, what's the correct tense of it? That church is, I can't even think of the correct tense of the word. Uh, they really have some apostasy over there, um, yeah. it, which means they're not teaching a true gospel. Right. Okay. Now, but th the thing about this word, it does not have to mean a spiritual departure. It can actually mean a physical departure as well. So what I think this verse is actually talking about, this falling away Unfortunately, and this is another, there is just not enough context here to know in this verse, whether it's talking about a physical departure or a spiritual departure. Okay. There, there just isn't. In the immediate context. Okay. You know, and, and, and sometimes there's some other words like that where just in the immediate context, we can't determine exactly what it means. And then what do we do? We've got a cross-reference with synthesis. Sure. Um, and so now, and, and I actually, I studied this, and boy, here's my sin for the day. <laughs> sin for the day. How about one of the many? Uh, but uh, the only other time this word is used is in Acts. And okay. so there, even within the Bible, there's not a lot of evidence 
to say which one this is talking about. Um, now, you can look at extra biblical literature around this time, and they use this word apostasy actually in both senses, if I remember right. They use it in terms of a spiritual departure or a physical departure. Now, that's not inspired, but it's helpful. You know, so, yeah, now, now that you mentioned it, um, I don't know if you've ever read Josephus or not. I Not a lot of it, but I actually have it. If you've got it, he refers to, in, in talking about Orthodox mm -hmm. Jewish doctrine, he talks a little bit about, about the uh, falling away from Orthodox Jewish doctrine, uh, mm -hmm. that, that there were some uh, small sect of, of uh, defectors from it uh, at the time. Yeah, uh, and, and how and how the Sanhedrin uh, decided to deal with them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. It could be so a, a spiritual falling away. It could be a, a physical falling away. Okay. Yeah. It, it could be a physical. It could be either one. Now, uh, <laughs> now, now he, here's what I think is going on. Mm -hmm. In verse one, he just mentioned the rapture. Yeah. Yeah. What he also mentioned a couple verses back, he mentioned uh, Jesus coming back the second time. That's right. Okay. Now, he's also mentioning in the second half, he's talking about the beginning of the tribulation, which is the Antichrist being revealed. Right. So he hasn't really mentioned any kind of a spiritual falling away yet. Now, if you also look at yeah. the first yeah. letter of... Thessalonians, he very fluidly goes from the rapture to the second coming. Yes. And so, and considering the reason Paul is saying this in the first place is to not to be shaken by spirit, word, or letter as though the rapture had happened, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense for me to say you're not in the tribulation until the rapture and the Antichrist have to be revealed. Makes okay. it makes a lot of sense to me. Now, I am not saying there isn't an apostasy. Turn to Second Timothy. Yeah, Second Timothy chapter three. Let's read a little bit about what's going to happen uh, mm. in the last days. So it's at chapter three, verse one. But know mm -hmm. this: that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, we know this is not talking about when Paul wrote this, right. because the perilous times haven't come yet. Right. So when he says last days, I think he's got to be, we're in the last days now. So I oh, think yeah. what he's got to be referring to is the last of the last days. <laughs> oh, yeah. And again, I, I mean, I agree with you, Curtis. It seems like we've got to be close. You know, I, I don't know how much closer we can get. You know, but there's that tension that's like, okay, God, you're not ready yet, so it could be a lot longer. You know, I mean, we just it could, it, it could be a lot longer. Mm -hmm. So anyway, in the last days, perilous times will come. 
For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. That, that, sounds, I, that sounds like all of that. Sounds just like the last hour of Fox News that I'm hearing. That sounds like some spiritual apostasy, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. <laughs> and and we and we can get we can say here, verse five, having a form of godliness, uh, meaning an but appearance of religion, mm-hmm. as in they're gonna they're gonna look like the church. I think yeah. you could wager they probably end up at a church on Sunday, but this is gonna be what they're like. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, interesting here. And from such, turn away. Mm-hmm. Turn away literally means avoid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we are definitely seeing this in our day now. The yeah. reason I don't think that apostasy that Paul talked about in Timothy there, uh-huh. the reason I don't think it it's the same reference here is because the falling away sure sounds like one singular event. Now, Curtis, you and I discussed, it could be the falling away is complete because I I would definitely agree when the rapture happens, the falling away will be done because the church is done. That's right. You know, I mean, yeah, you have to say that and conclude that. And that, for me, personally, is the way I lean as far as how I read that. Mm-hmm. It, um, within immediate context, like, you, like you're using. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it could mean one or the other. Uh, I lean more towards the fact that it's talking about spiritual falling away, but mm-hmm. but I, I I couldn't argue against uh, with any kind of authority against uh, what you think that this means. Well, and and that's that's my case um, from this. I think it's referring to the rapture. Um, uh-huh. We both agree that the rapture does have to come before the tribulation. Absolutely, uh, we are. Correct. Oh, we are both agreeing we're going to see lots of apostasy before that rapture happens. Oh, boy. Um, and so and so it's just that, again, this word, um, mm-hmm. you know, which is interesting. And, and you know what? That's fine. Curtis and I still love each other. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, 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 we're in a way we're not even disagreeing, which, you know, makes it even we're, easier. We're kind of thing. Yeah, we, we are. <laughs> we are agreeing to to consider each other's yeah day. yeah and and i if uh if if what i'm saying kind of intrigues you and you want to learn more um uh-huh. the pastor andy woods out of sugarland bible church um, oh, yeah. has has a booklet on this and he's done you know multiple podcasts seminars teachings whatever you want to call them on yeah. this so i didn't i'd encourage you to hear what he has to say about it um, he's he's a great teacher, and again, you can find you know Andy Woods Ministries, I think it's called, and Sugarland yeah. Bible Church. Right. Um, I, I'd highly encourage you to look into that. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and we'll finish up this sentence, <laughs> and then I think we'll be stopped for the day. Um, okay. So let's see. The falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition. Verse four. Yeah. Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, 
showing himself that he is God. Boy, God, four times in that one verse. Right. It sounds like the Antichrist has a bone to pick with God. It does indeed, doesn't it? <laughs> and so uh, the Antichrist is going to sit in the temple. Well, you need a temple to sit in the temple, right? And we don't have a third temple yet. Well, we know it's going to be rebuilt. Well, um, it might interest you to know, and maybe you already do. Knowing you, you probably already do. Uh, the temple plans are already drawn up. They and, are. And the contract for building it has already been settled. Yep. Uh, I will add to that scripturally. There is nothing in the Bible that says the temple cannot be rebuilt before the rapture. That's correct. We could see it. We might not. Who knows? But that's right. Uh, kind of like uh, there's nothing saying a one world government won't happen before the rapture. That's right. It, it only says the Antichrist is going to take control of it. It's already going to exist when he comes on the scene. Very likely. And I know if you listen to Pastor JB, who's on this podcast, he would say, de facto, we are in a one world government. We're already there. Well, I, <laughs> he would I say would that. kind of agree with that because yeah. uh, we, there's, there's only one group running the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not sure I can disagree with that on yeah. solid yeah. grounds. Yeah. So now, uh, to kind of, well, and actually we'll go one more verse. Uh, verse five. Do you mm -hmm. not remember that when I still was with you, I told you these things? Now, I think that verse kind of leads to why there's a disagreement about verse 3. Because okay. Paul had already taught them all of this. He's using this letter as a reminder of, hey, I already taught you all this. I'm just bringing it up because you know what I'm talking about. And... Okay. In this mm -hmm. case, I can guarantee you, Paul, Paul obviously taught him about the rapture because we have that. Oh, sure. I can guarantee you Paul warned him about apostasy, too, spiritual. Oh, yeah. Can, it would, it yeah. would really be surprising if he hadn't. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. that's why this verse here is somewhat obtuse and somewhat a little bit unclear because it's a reminder, not a full explanation. Okay. So... So that, to me, that verse is just, or verse 5 is is encouraging us to study, really. I would agree with that. I, I think mm -hmm. that all, all personal conundrums that, that occur because of Bible study are encouragements. They're, they shouldn't be mm -hmm. discouragements. They should be encouragements to dig a little further. Fine, let's find the answer to this. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. And that's I mean, the way I look at them. When there's something I don't totally understand, I think, I think, well, uh, there's got to be a reason that I don't, that I'm unclear on this. But there's got to be some more backup to it somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to be able to find some more information on it. So let me dig. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Peter Can't himself. Help. Yeah, Peter himself said that some things Paul wrote were hard to understand. Uh, now, something, yeah, he, he had a certain style, didn't he? Yeah, let's think of the two backgrounds of Peter and Paul. Peter walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Yeah. But also realized that Peter had to have a lot of readjusting to understand how the church worked That's versus right. uh, the Israel worked. 
Mm -hmm. Contrast that with Paul, who was a Pharisee, but we know from Galatians, Paul had some very personal training with Jesus himself. Oh, for, for we don't know quite how long. It's not totally clear how many years, but we know it was a while. Yeah. So you think about that. Paul had some time to get his attitude adjusted. Whereas oh, Peter's, yeah. Peter struggled through it. No wonder Peter struggled with what Paul had to say sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So 2,000 years later, well, you know what? We need to study to understand. Well, um, I think mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a personal imperative, and it is a command. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's also good to ha have a little grace because uh, we're all learning. We all can oh. make mistakes. I know if, you, if I did this podcast five, six years ago, Curtis, I... Maybe I wouldn't want that recorded, let's just say, um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, because we correct I, ourselves and we change sure. our views. We're not perfect. And listen, Christians you know. are uh, are the same as as non-believers, non-believers uh, mature chronologically and mentally and and, think, and so do Christians uh, mm -hmm. in their in their in the knowledge of. God's grace and love and power. We we mature. Yep. We we and we. But the only way to do that is to study. Mm -hmm. You have to study. Yeah. So we, let that be an encouragement to you to study. And I'm well, actually gonna know. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop there because uh, next time you know uh, last podcast we talked about the book I just came out with uh, deceiving by yeah. science. This passage next we're going to study next podcast is kind of the launching passage for the whole book. So I am going to cram the appropriate parts of the book into <laughs> into next podcast. And that's what we're going to okay. do this next time, all in the context of Second Thessalonians. And it's going to be fun. OK, that sounds like <laughs> so, a winner to me, brother. Yeah, I've been I'm, reading, I'm looking forward I've been to it. Reading, I've been reading your book. Okay. And, uh, and so that I, makes one good. I <laughs> bet you there's more than one, pal. Uh, and I, I got news for you. It's good stuff. I am enjoying it. I'm also learning a little bit about, I think, learning a little bit about how you come to certain conclusions just based on the way you write. So yeah. uh, I'm enjoying it on several levels. The spiritual level, of course, uh, but also kind of a getting to know you level. So yeah, I, the, I, I'm a I'm not that tricky. I'm pretty simple, actually. You're you're not that tricky, uh, <laughs> but but you are unique in in your hermeneutic. I think in some aspects, and I'm uh, I'm coming to realize that. I appreciate it. Well. It, Blame your dad for it, okay? He's a I big do. part of that. I, yeah, yeah, blame I blame him. him for an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. And he and he accepts the blame. I, yeah. he, he has to. He knows it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, well, sounds good. And and that, this, that, that connection that we have there, sir, that we just mentioned in, in past, that, that, that's another reason that makes us... Uh, more brothers than anything else, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we we love him a lot. That's for sure. Yeah, oh, absolutely, sure absolutely. <laughs> All right. Listen, thank you for 
uh, getting us started on Second Thessalonians, Luke. Uh, appreciate that, and uh, we're looking forward to next month's edition. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. We hope you got some helpful information, and uh, uh, we also hope that you got maybe a thing or two that makes you go, hmm, I wonder. Yep. Because uh, we we intend to, by doing this podcast to to encourage you and to uplift you, and yes, we're going to admit we do it to make you curious. Sometimes we want you to question things. We want you to verify. We want you to say, well, I wonder who's right there. Mm -hmm. We want you to do that. We're not ashamed to admit that. And uh, and so if if we caused you to have any of those thoughts, uh, the success, (laughs) right? Yeah, we won. It's good. So, (laughs) Thank you for joining us today, and we we pray that you were blessed by hearing it as much as we were blessed by being able to do it. And uh, we pray that you'll join us again next month. Uh, just a quick reminder before we sign off here. Uh, let's see. Today is Sunday, and we got then, what's the next day of the week, Lucas? Uh, Tuesday. No, Monday. Uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. <laughs> and then Tuesday. And what happens on Tuesday, Lucas? Uh, is JB coming on? Yeah, JB's right. going to be on Tuesday morning. And guess what we're going to talk about? I'll give you a teaser. Uh, we're going to talk about some things that he's written in his new book. In okay. Volume 2. Uh, volume 2. Gathering yeah. Cloud of Deception. Boy, and, and I saw the table of contents today. Cool, cool. Oh, cool is right, buddy. Uh, I can hardly wait. So be with us Tuesday morning when we discuss JB's new book and some of the subjects that he's written about in there. Uh, you, I don't think you'll want to miss this. So, And we look forward to doing that with, with JB on Tuesday. So until then, until next month, well, actually until Tuesday with JB, uh, this is the Christian Underground News Network. Signing off. We'll see you soon. Uh, But until then, may God bless and keep you.